Hello and welcome to The Greatest Movie Ever. I'm your host, Jamie. Thank you so much for listening today. Wherever you are listening, make sure to follow that podcast on Instagram and on Facebook at The Greatest Movie Ever Podcast. Wherever you are listening, make sure to press that follow button and subscribe. And wherever you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thank you very much. Today, we are discussing our greatest movie scores ever. I'm joined with Aaron, Jared, and Mercedes. How is everybody? Do you all have a great time doing this? Oh, I'm upside no. down. Oh. <laughs> Hello. I know um, there's been a lot of stress in this household over this list. Um, I know, Jared... Yes. Jared, you were saying that this is more of a a list rather than a ranking. Yeah, to me it is. It's definitely more of a list. Yeah, it's man. like, which, which amazing Scott... Like, you know what I mean? Man number 10 is one of the most iconic films ever. <laughs> I'm going to just throw loads of left-field films out there. I haven't, I haven't got any Indiana Jones or Star you, Wars. Uh, you smell, Jeremy. I mean, but we'll start off and we will kick it off and see what everybody else has got. I'm probably expecting a lot of John Williams then. So let's do it. Aaron, as always, you kick us off. Um, Mine's mine's similar to Jared's. Mine's, um, it's kind of in a list format. I I have tried to narrow it down to um, actually picking the top 10, but... Um, they have got theming around each pick, really. Um, uh, so I'll throw out some honourable mentions first. There are thousands of them, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And... I feel like my honourable mentions are like your top ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my honourable mentions on these ones. So um, Akira, uh, Endgame. Um, the one I felt really bad about was uh, Truman Show. Um, oh. Yeah, that's one I wanted to put in there, and Back to the Future, um, I, I wanted to put in there, um, but yeah, my my number ten, my number ten choice, I've gone for a John Williams pick on this. I've gone on each pick. I've only I've I'm trying to get only like one from each composer, but I've actually got two from John Williams on this list. So I've I've forced in two by the master <laughs> Williams. Um, and this pick is literally for the iconic theme. And I was just thinking of like, what is the best pick for the best theme? So it doesn't have to be like the score completely. Uh, but I was just thinking this, just that pure, like amazing um, theme that he does. So it was either between like Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, uh, Harry Potter. Harry but, Potter. But, <laughs> Well, that was loud. <laughs> what is that noise? How can you put Harry Potter in the same league as Jurassic Park? Sorry, carry well, on. Well, I've not picked up. I've not picked up. They're none of my picks. Uh, my actual pick is um, Phantom Menace. Um, just for Duel of Fates alone. Uh, just for, for that one song mainly. It is. A, yeah. It is underrated anyway. Like the whole soundtrack. I mean, like the uh, the scene tune to be, and. Um, the Gungan City is is amazing score as well, but Duel of Fates, I think it's probably the best piece of music that's written on my whole list as one song, and it's one of the most iconic uh, movie scores of all time for that. I think, and it, and the complaints like people had with like the prequels, like 
I mean, I don't, I don't have many complaints about them, but people always agree like the music is phenomenal, if not better. So yeah, I've gone for Dula Face. Beautiful yeah. choice, beautiful choice. Well, that's what I was saying to Mercedes. She she wanted to put the whole saga in there. I'm like, you know, you have to pick a particular film. It's different in each film. I, but I can't. I still can't do that. I can't do that because Jewel of the Face is, like Aaron says, he said it all. You know? <laughs> um, so. But oh, we'll Imperial March is better than all of them, and that's in Empire Strikes Back. So what happens? Oh, so we'll have to just wait. But, well, that's another thing. How can I only do all the same stuff? <laughs> but I can't put two Star Wars films in. That's just Unless you're Aaron. <laughs> oh, can I have Aaron. All right, well, no. technically, we can put, like, <laughs> nine Star... we can put eight Star Wars films in, like, really. Like, leave last year. <laughs> <Jedi. laughs> I appreciate you including Jewel of the Fates in the actual ten. so... Yeah. So number ten for Aaron is the Phantom Menace. Uh, again, I've got some honourable mentions for myself on here. I've got the original 2002 Spider-Man movie by Danny Elfman, E.T., and I've also got American Beauty by Thomas Newman as well. Cause that is a beautiful one. Uh, but I decided my number ten. Is an iconic one, and as soon as you hear it, you think of that film straight away. It is Bill Conti and Rocky flying higher. Uh, like I said, it's an iconic theme, um, that Rocky theme, and it's every time you think of that, every time that music hits, you just picture that film Rocky. You picture running up those stairs, like doing his little celebration next to the statue. It's an iconic theme, and you're all stupid for not having it on your list. I do love it, and even though I've only seen the film once and the film never meant that much to me, I've only recently seen it, I've been listening to that song for years in, because it's amazing, I love it. In my head, I, all I can hear is Eye of the Tiger, I can't even remember what it sounds like. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not, I've not watched Rocky, I don't really like it. I'm not watching it either. But yeah, Jared, what's your... Hello, sorry, but manager decided to call me just as I was about to start... But we're all good now. We're all good. We're finished. We can get on with the list. Man, what a list this is. Like, my number... Just do my honourable mentions. They're just amazing. What, Titanic, Blade Runner, Schindler's List, Lord of the Rings, Mad Max Fury Road. How did that not make it? Uh, Lion King, Gladiator, Mental. Mm-hmm. But number 10, I've given it to... I've given it E.T. Because... I think that is just one of them in it. Like it's to me, these like uh, this list is just childhood. Like it's so good that Lion King didn't even make the list. That's how good this list is. Like, I, I, assume, I hope like, ET's on the nineties as well. You what? Sorry, wasn't like Lion King your number one film from the nineties? Exactly. <laughs> that's that's how good this list is. That I didn't even make number ten on the scores. But this is the thing, though. Even if the film isn't that great. Like it's the score that makes it for this one. I think it's yeah, I've, got, I've got a film that I don't really like on my list, like really high. Yeah, and that, that's what I mean. It's it's all about the score and the way it makes you feel, or if it's mm. about like, how iconic this score is that it needs to be on this list, even if the film isn't that great. So Mercedes, is it me? Oh god, it that is. camera. Um, um, number ten. Okay, I'm gonna go. Um, um, okay, so yeah, like you've all said, this has been very very difficult for me, and um, especially because I. John Williams, so um, I could easily have just had a complete list of John, and um, which it near enough is anyway. Um, 
I do adore loads of other pieces of music by other composers. Um, so I really wanted to include those as well. Uh, my list has changed about three times in the past hour. Um, so I just want to mention, do I mention my honorable mentions or want Jamie just still trying to look at my list at the same time? I'm just going to do this. Um, so uh, I, you've just reminded me of Titanic, Jared, so thank you for that. Uh, James Horner, um, RIP. Um, beautiful piece of music and um, Avengers uh, purely for portals but again that's because it's purely for portals that's why it's not made the list um, original 1990s Batman uh, for Danny Elfman Gladiator I took off it was always going to be on the list and I took it off because um, they're kind of singing a lot in it there's a lot of words in it so it's not so much a score but they are singing in it and that's obviously Zimmer Inception was always going to be on the list and that's been taken off also Zimmer and um, some childhood ones that mean a lot to me, Mighty Ducks um, by David Newman. Um, that was, again, always going to make the list. Um, it's just beautiful and inspirational, and the film's amazing, obviously. We all love it. But again, um, these are all pieces of music that I need to go and kind of listen to them to remember how I feel. Um, the big one that didn't make it on my list is something that's personally important to me and won't mean anything to anybody else at all. Um, but it's actually the reason I'm like... I'm so passionate about this list and that's uh, Free Willy and that's because it basically set out my whole life. I went to see that film when I was five years old and it made me fall in love with whales and go into conservation and then I realised when I got older what actually had made me feel like that was the score and the music and the way it told the story and that made me fall in love with scores like completely throughout my life. It made me fall in love with John Williams and everything in Star Wars and D.E.T. everything. Um, so free will is really important to me. Um, but to go for my number 10, um, I keep changing it. I'm going to put, okay, yeah, I'm going to go with Pirates. Pirates of the Caribbean, Hans Zimmer. Again, nearly didn't make the list at all. Sorry, Jamie. I'm sorry. Um, nearly didn't make the list at all, but when I listen to it, it just makes me like, like really excited and dance around and into the air and again it's one that's in my head without um without me having to listen to it and yeah everyone loves it it's iconic so yeah pirates okay number nine aaron um this choice is my neo-noir choice um you know those jazz flicks um and it was either the, like the two big ones um the main big one is taxi driver um which is phenomenal, but um, I've gone for uh, Chinatown, which I've got here, Chinatown. And um, Chinatown, is, it, it's it's just like beautiful jazz, like played for our score. Um, it was done um, by Jerry Goldsmith. He's done a few films, but not um, not the most well-known films. I think he's done like Rambo First Blood was his uh, main other film, a couple of Star Trek films, but... Uh, yeah, Chinatown's just a brilliant album, even like if you like that easy jazz. Where's Jared gone? I think Jared's just for Rose. He's there, isn't he? Still? Uh, no idea. It's just, yeah. For my number nine, I went for The Social Network, which is Aaron's new favourite film. And the score is beautiful, I'm pretty sure. Like I said, you own it as well, don't you, Aaron? Yeah, it's the best. It's amazing. 
Yeah, uh, obviously by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Just a beautiful score that just tells the story perfectly throughout. And it's just, I said, the film's incredible anyway by Aaron Sorkin, but the, the music just makes it even more powerful and beautiful and absolutely adore the soundtrack and the score. So The Social Network is my number nine. What about you, Jared? What's your number uh, nine? I wish I'd have put Social Network on there. It was such a difficult one not to put on. But, uh, you know, it just doesn't make it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Number nine, I have given it to The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. I think a lot of people will probably give this a lot higher. But to me... I don't know. I think it's because it's an older film. I know it's that, that's like a cop-out excuse, but I didn't watch it until I was a lot older, so it doesn't have like that childhood like nostalgia inside of me that I have with a lot of other films that are on this list. But if we're talking about actual scores, it might be one of the best ones. I think it... I think... I know, definitely know that the main one from it is the whole... Well, they actually use different instruments for each character if you, when you watch it. That's cool. Yeah. Ecstasy of Gold is like the best one on there. What do you say? Ecstasy of Gold is the best song on there. It's the uh, song that's leading up to the duel, uh, which is that song. But, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's just reminding me as well of them. Um, I totally forgot about Warren Weston. Um, Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven, absolutely iconic. Uh, big Country, one of my favourite pieces of music ever, um, and obviously Great Escape, amazing, yeah. But what is your number nine? Is it none of them are on there? No, they're not. <laughs> um, my number nine is, um, it's my first John Williams on the list, it's Indie, or Raiders, if you want to go, go that way, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, I almost didn't include it, because I, while I was making dinner I listened to everything um that i love and it was the only one that um maybe it was the first time it didn't give me goosebumps um and felt more repetitive and the rest and i really really paid attention to them all and how they made me feel and how they sound and how they tell the story um and i feel it told the story as well as um some of the others so that's why i've got it quite low down and um, but in the end i had to include it because I was, like, I was then ended up still walking around the kitchen with it in my head, so because I love it so much and he's amazing. I grew up watching it, so yeah. Okay, speeding through it all. Our number eight. Um, my number eight. Uh, this is a film. This was what I was on about before. It's not my, one of my favourite films, uh, but um, the score is one of my favourite scores. It's this. This is a score that I listen to like at least uh, at least weekly, and it's. Uh, Johnny Greenwood's uh, Phantom Fred. Um, Johnny Greenwood's a guitarist from Radiohead. And uh, I do, it's one of my favourite things within music is like when musicians take the leap to the soundtrack. And um, some of them are, some of them can be in and over the depth. Uh, there's been some bad examples of it, but uh, some of it, some of them can just make huge surprises with it, where I think Johnny Greenwood has had like such a successful career as a film composer um, that it's almost like bigger than what he does in Radiohead. Um, but um, yeah, Phantom Fred is phenomenal. There's a song on it called House of Woodcock that I listen to like all the time. It's uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, 
for my number eight in a similar vein to a degree um mine is actually a director and a composer because there's not a lot of people that do both it's nope. a very select group that actually do both of them the but, superior um, guy does to me and the, well, no it's the horror thought, guy yeah what's his name um halloween that's what i mean it's john carpenter's halloween <laughs> <laughs> my number eight is halloween um i thought you could say superior. that's tom york isn't it uh, no i meant the original yeah. Uh, oh, Daniel Argento. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, um, yeah, I've gone for John Carpenter's Halloween. It's an iconic theme, that Halloween film, and it does such a great way just to the way you make you feel while you're watching that film, uh, whilst the shape is following Laurie around. And it's just, again, it's just eerie, and it just sets the tone perfectly. And there's not a lot of people that do directing and uh and the score as well, composing the score. So it's um, had to make the list for many reasons. Why? Because he's the director, it's his vision, and mm -hmm. his music goes with that perfectly. So Halloween is my number eight. What about you, Jared? Oh, number eight. Well, this is one that I was thinking, like, this is going to win when I first came up with the list. But then I actually looked at it and I was like, you know what? It, it's good for what it does in the modern times, but... Compared to the classics, it'll never compare. It's uh, Tron Legacy. It's an absolute awful film, but the music, yes. the score, oh my God, it's, it might be one of the, like, I just, I couldn't not watch the film, even when it was a rubbish film. Yeah. It just goes perfectly. Daft Punk are an amazing band. It's such a shame that I'll never actually get to see them live, but yeah, Tron Legacy. That, right, I was working in um, h in Vancouver, and kind of when that film came out and I went to the film, but then all like we constantly had the, the soundtrack on in the store all the time. It was five shells and we were all obsessed with it. It's brilliant. Yeah. I've oh not... yeah, I've got I've got songs of this in my playlist, just like just dropped in there like casually, just because it's so good. Yeah, it's brilliant. I'm just gonna say like I don't get the hate about Tron Legacy. It's an amazing film, man. I mean no, like it's it's a film that's like based on like a film in the seventies, um, and it was it was almost an impossible task to like do a sequel to that film. I always thought because the fans that have grown up with it, like the people it's made for, aren't going to be people who are actually fans of the original. But uh, no, I I love Tron Legacy. I think it's it's a. I love the, the first bit when they're actually doing the you know the bike scene and then the well the ultimate frisbee. You might as well call it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like them scenes are like absolutely amazing, but then like then they try and do a story, and it's like oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I I love it. I'm glad they're making another one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually uh, involved in it. That's how he knows. <laughs> and uh no nah, but uh, the score's the best thing about it but uh yeah, yeah. i like it I, what i like about tron legacy just quickly is that how it um how it mirrors the first film the, the same there's lines of dialogue that are in the first film that are in the second film that like uh, flynn's son says which i always thought was cool but i always think with tron legacy it's such like a cult film tron anyway um it's that is exactly what i was thinking as well like tron People, yeah. people hate the original Tron, but I love it. I mean, like, it clicks with me. Uh, but I get why, but a lot of people do hate both of them. 
No, that, that film would definitely be our number one most anticipated films that didn't perform. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Mercedes, number eight. Number eight. Um, okay, yeah. Again, this nearly didn't make the list. Um, Jamie will be happy. Uh, Back to the Future. Um, Alan Sylvester. Alan Sylvester did make the list. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Avengers Good. didn't quite. Um, but the only reason Avengers didn't is because it's just about falls. It wasn't, you know, I don't walk around humming the Avengers theme tune, but again, da, 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 you can't get Back to the Future in there. It's fantastic. Um, and, you know, again, Alan Silvestri's done loads of other cool stuff as well, which I made really rubbish notes of, notes of and I can't read them now. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, that's the one. And oh, <laughs> Father of the Bride as well. <laughs> Father of the Bride, great film from the 90s. Yeah, okay. another great composer. Back to the Future, number eight. Fantastic. Aaron, seven. Seven. Five, seven. Um, easy one, this. It had to be on the list. It's uh, On Her seven. Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, cool. Um, by uh, John Barry score. Um, I mean, there's been so many Bond ones, uh, but, um, I mean, it's it's the best. It's the one with like the iconic... Uh, uh, ski chaser scene and the music too that is like been used all the time but i've heard a lot of people say about john barry saying that he's really underrated and um you can't replicate these sounds of like the 50s and 60s that he made up in these films um but um yeah it's it's one that i i listen to uh, quite a lot to be fair and i do i am a fan of the bomb movies so i thought i'd i have to whack one of them in there and this is definitely the easiest one to pick for the bomb films I think they kind of get like, kind of gets uh, undermined because of all the others that you can't, you don't think of the one, do you? You think yeah. of all the I films mean, as a, collect- a collective. This it what it the film itself it wouldn't it probably wouldn't make my top five maybe it probably wouldn't make my top five but the the soundtrack like the score is absolutely amazing like if you hear that one song like you'll you'll know it straight away like it's it's used all everywhere. It's in it. Yeah. I think that's cool. the thing a lot with James Bond, though, isn't it? Uh, everybody knows the James Bond theme. Yeah. And then it's the title song, which is obviously performed by artists, which would be a soundtrack. But you don't really think of Bond with, with scores. Yeah. yeah. Not like the rest of the film, yeah. But he's under, honestly, he's underrated John Barry. Like, he has done, like, he did do a lot of work for the scores in, like, uh, a lot of the films for Bond and there. Uh, They've got some good uh, elements to them. Yeah. Okay. My number seven is a is another Bill Conti one. So he's already been on the list for Rocky, but he now makes an appearance as well. And this one, I think mainly it links to the TV as well, and um, because they use a lot of this in the TV show. But it's the Karate Kid. Oh, I never even think of that. I mean, the score is amazing through the Karate Kid. Like, you've got yeah. the... And you've got the whole, like, at the end as well. Like, during the final fight with Johnny, you got... And then, like I said, they use it a lot within Cobra Kai as well, like most of the, the score. And this is a great score that just flows through the film brilliantly. And like I said, it's got that upbeat moment. You've got the whole bit where he's um, 
traveling through Naka. Um, what was I gonna say? Where he's traveling through. <laughs> no, when yeah. he's um when he's traveling through uh, Miyagi's house and stuff yeah. as well. That's in the second one. Yeah, uh, that's why I was like, it's not that one. Um, and like I said, it's perfect for each character as well. Like they've got obviously with the Cobra Kai gang, it's a little bit more heavy, and then with Miyagi, it's more Oriental, and then obviously with Daniel as well, it's a kind of like yes because he is the hero apparently but there you go mm, not so much no jared number seven number seven uh another one that was really low for what i thought it was going to be when i first thought of scores uh back to the future absolutely the whole like it kind of goes in hand with the music though doesn't it so it's very it, it's good but I just don't see it as a top five or a top six, according to this list. I think the, soundtrack, the soundtrack's more memorable than the, like, the songs are more memorable than the... That, that's what I would say. Like, a, a lot of these, like, I'm looking at my my list now, they don't have any iconic songs. They've just got scores that are iconic. Yeah. Whereas I Back to the Future has iconic songs which help the score in hand. Yeah. I think Back to the Future for me, if we was doing combining scores and soundtrack, this would it would be in my top five. But if we separate it's them, but if they separate them, it doesn't make either of the top ten. Um, I think both together, it's probably the best film like with a soundtrack and a score together. Like Drive, yeah, well. yeah, uh, like, yeah. Drive is a really good score as got well. Great music in it, and it's a got it has got a great score, but separated, it, they don't make my ten. But they're still great, though. Okay. Mercedes, number seven. Me? Um, my number seven is by Mr. Howard Shaw, who also did Mrs. Doubtfire, Philadelphia, and Dogma. But the film is Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he did Dogma. How awesome is that? I love the this guy. Uh, but, yeah, oh, my goodness. Um, I mean... This is where things start to get like there is no there is no like order now to this because I mean the way Lord of the Rings makes me feel when I when I listen to that music is just you know I'm right there in the Shire in you know um, Mordor and everywhere and you know I'm with them on the journey in Middle Earth and it's just yeah I, it's beautiful it tells it completely tells the story it takes you on such a journey when you listen to that whole piece of music. Um, and I mean, I know Kieran would appreciate it if he were here, so <laughs> I'm glad he's not here. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you compare that to Harry Potter, and I mean, come on, like, Lord of the Rings is amazing. So yeah. Do you say Lord of the Rings scores better than Harry Potter? Yeah, even though I love John, like, the way the Lord of the Rings Yeah, but if you ask, like, common people, like, on the street, like, name songs from people. Harry Potter that, like, my, I don't even think my mum's ever seen Harry Potter, but she'd know how the theme goes, but I don't think she'd know how, like, Lord of the Rings goes doesn't matter like the way it tells the way it tells like for me like there's there's no comparison between the two of them like i think harry potter is probably one of my least out of all like the more iconic john williams like scores like it's not made my list like all i'll say about harry potter right is that um it's it's similar to star wars because it's seven movies yeah. Like it carried the score all the way through. It doesn't get changed. No. And that's why I think like it is good because it's like it reinvents itself and like uses like 
the same score like over and over and over again because you get familiar like with each like character with it. That's why I liked it anyway. Yeah, it's iconic. You can literally name like so, like you just hear someone hum the song now, and they could do two or three songs just humming it. Hmm. Yeah, bits of music from the films. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But I could take you through the whole of the Lord of the Rings trilogy as well. It'll time, take you so. that twenty days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Aaron, we are at number six. In record Here, time, I want to say. Here we go. Ooh, sold Ooh, it's the social network. I... Oh, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's um, just Trent Reznor like, um, sprinkling flavours of Nine Inch Nail over a soundtrack. It's, it's just perfect. I mean, Soul, soul like... The film Soul isn't the best like Pixar film, but put Trent Reznor in the soundtrack. I was like, Jesus, this film is amazing. I listen to that soundtrack all the time as well. But um, I, I actually watched Social Network yesterday. Um, Again? Um, yeah. That's how much you Em's not it. seen it. Em's not seen it. And I was just thinking of that first scene, right? And then the second scene and the music to it. Uh, once it kicks, once he gets on the laptop and then that song in motion kicks in, I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing! Like it just works so well. And I, I know, like music adds, like obviously, like you got Star Wars, like um, um, all like the iconic ones, Jurassic Park, like they add so much to the film. But this music adds so much to the film. It's unreal. It's great. Yeah, it is a beautiful soundtrack. It is a beautiful score. Uh, Social Network. My number six, just missing out on the top five, is Jurassic Park. Ooh. So bad. So bad. At least it's on the list. So wrong. It's on the list, at least. You think so? Oh, man, Uh, didn't even make the list. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't click with me like every other film. I think for me, it's. I want to say it's the second best John Williams one. I've got one higher than it, and that's it. Uh, John Williams, he probably did everyone on my list. But like I said, um, it's mainly just for that moment when you first see the dinosaurs, and it's the whole welcome Mm -hmm. to Jurassic Park, and it all kicks in. It's just just an iconic moment in cinema. And Mm -hmm. like. when when you hear that music, you picture that scene, you picture that film, you know exactly what moment from that film it's from. And it's such a beautiful score, and that's what John Williams has done so well. And like I said, when you're going on scores that how they make you feel or like how they how they impact on the picture and your feelings towards the movie. I don't I I, I don't think Jurassic Park would be my top ten films in the nineties. I don't think it was, to be completely honest. I mean my book's there if you want to double check. But um, it's such an iconic score and moment in cinema. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like exactly the same page as you on Jurassic Park. Like, yeah, the movie itself didn't click to me. I, like I said, it doesn't click with me as much as it does for other people. But it is. I that, think that, I think it's an age thing, moment, you know. That moment. That's an age thing. You're all too young. It's an age yeah. thing. <laughs> no, because you think about it, it came out before I was born. And by by like the time I was like old enough to realize films, there'd already been like two and three, and it's kind of like well, it kind of puts a 
straight, uh, not a strain, but you know what I mean? Like it dampers, dampers the franchise. Yeah, for me, like as a kid, for me, it was like Phantom Menace was that film that was like big. And yeah. Like, uh, and Space Jam. <laughs> of course, but unfortunately, Space Jam's score isn't. I've actually, I've actually got Jurassic Park on dinosaur egg vinyl. Yes, I have never opened it. Oh wait, you've got a special. Have you got a special coloured one? Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, isn't mine? Isn't mine coloured as well? But she's checking everyone. She's checking her vinyl to see what it was. If it's black, we'll trade you, Aaron. No, it's not black. It's green. It's green. This one's green. And I'm pretty sure it's a different colour. Oh shit! Mine's, di mine's dinosaur egg I know. Vinyl. They're both green. That was it. You could get yeah. one that was like a splatter of like red, black, yellow. Like it was like, but it was really difficult to get. So I got three mine. That's one that I probably got. <laughs> no, we've got dinosaur. Okay. Uh, what's the dinosaur egg one? What colour is it? I don't even Jurassic know what a dinosaur well, egg is. I don't even know. It was just a Mondo one I bought it. Don't even like no. the film. I bought, I bought, <laughs> I think it was like, a, I had a deal on it. They, they messed up one of my orders and they gave me like a, a voucher for like hundred dollars, so I bought like quite a few at the time, and yeah. and and Jurassic Park was just going on sale that Wednesday, so I think like that I was like, yeah, I'll get it. Fair enough. Okay, so that is on to Jared and number six. Oh, just one second. Ooh. Number six. We've gone for a Nolan film here. We've gone for Inception. Oh, the absolutely, so absolutely the greatest movie ever apparently it mm. is the greatest movie ever <laughs> and normally great movies th that seems to be like a reoccurring th theme like if it's a great movie it tends to have a great score mm. but, I, uh, yeah. I really wanted it on there um, it's it, already it, one of the biggest accolade that you can have being beautiful. declared the greatest movie ever. So. I wonder what's yeah, the I, best think, I think it'd be alright with six place, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just just every I could put every Nolan film on it. You know you know how much I love Nolan, but Yeah. But Nolan did do the score. <laughs> no, but I'm about yeah, but Nolan obviously picks the person, doesn't he? He picked Hans Zimmer to do all these for a reason. And even when it's not Hans Zimmer, it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I was, like, there was a little story about the next Nolan film, but yeah, we'll get to that later. All right. Mercedes, number six. Number six is one that wasn't going to make the list again, but then I listened to it, and suddenly I was flying through the air. It's Hook. Hook? Yeah. Ooh. Again, you you kind of you kind of can forget about it because of all the amazing John Williams, and then you stick it on, and suddenly you're like five or six years old again, and you've got goosebumps, and you're just like Rufio, and it's just yeah, <laughs> it's so amazing. Uh, that film is just it's that perfect, beautiful like moment in time of Robin Williams and the '90s, and just. Like again, like you were saying before, it's not the same for you. It doesn't mean it, you weren't there. You weren't there. <laughs> you weren't there. Like for me, that's like the most beautiful moment of my life. Like that period of time in the nineties when I was a kid and all those great films and those great scores and stuff. So and Robin Williams. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
We're at our top five, everybody. Mm. Um, my number five. I actually, this is the one I actually feel most guilty about putting it like on this place, uh, in this place. But uh, my number five is Blade Runner. Uh, Vangelis, you know, it's inspired synthwave so much, and um, it's so good. Like Rachel's song, like the opening track, it just colours the movie so well. And um, I mean, I always say like the Blade Runner is the best thing I can say about it. It's probably, well, I said like it's probably like top three movies of all time for me. But the best thing I say about the film, and it, it's the same with the score as well, is like. It just doesn't look like it was made when it was made. Like it, it, it was so like before its time, um, and like it, it just looks like a movie that could even be made like in the last like ten years or something like that. And the same with the score; it's it's just so perfect uh, for that uh, music as well uh, for that film as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number five is by Bernard Herrmann and it is a composer that works a lot with the man himself, Alfred Hitchcock and it is Psycho. Can't believe I forgot about Psycho. <laughs> wow. Again, it's probably the most memorable of all time. Like, you do the whole dun, 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 dun. everybody knows what it is. Like everybody knows what that is, or have seen being it being parodied too much. Exactly, everybody knows what that score is. Everybody pictures that shower scene, whether it be Marge Simpson or Maggie Simpson or whoever it is in The Simpsons, or if it's obviously Marion Crane within the film Psycho. It's such an iconic score, and that's the one that will live forever. Like I said, it's, yeah. To me, it's the most famous score. Like. If anybody plays that, you know exactly it's Psycho, it's that shower scene, you know what that is. And it's just amazing and it's iconic. So that's why it's number five. I think I think I would say something that would equal that would be Jaws. Yeah. For me, no. I think. No, I think everybody knows what Jaws is. Yeah. Opening of uh, opening of Star Wars, it's gotta be like kids aren't gonna know what Psycho is, but they'll know what Star Wars is. Yeah. I think you'd be surprised. I think a lot of people do know these songs and sounds from just The Simpsons. I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but it's true. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, Jared. Five. Five. Number five. Oh, absolutely love this one. Godfather, part one. Just, just get a violin out and just let's rock it. <laughs> Like we're talking, like looking at this list now, what I've got coming up. Like we're talking like some of the best films ever made. Like never mind best scores. Like just love The Godfather. Like you know what I mean? It's just it just goes well. I don't even want to sing it. It's just uh, (laughs) one thing though. Like we have to like for people that don't know, we have to do the scores. So I think for the top four, we all have to do the scores. I'll, I'll do. I'll do top three. I haven't seen Godfather, but I know the score. Do and top three. Really we'll we'll all hum our top three yeah, too. <laughs> like, but you just remind me because like that that's on my. I've got the discs um like the compilation of the score, which is like three discs in my car, and 
yeah they just remind me of loads of other stuff on that like gone with the wind like gone with the wind such an epic score it's absolutely beautiful and again it takes you right there and obviously godfather's on there as well and like, even though i've not seen the film it is beautiful it's a beautiful piece of music i actually find it harder to pick best scores than i would for best films yeah because oh, yeah. with a film I, I can see the issues in a film like the best films maybe but with scores like i don't know maybe aaron would be better at it because you can just see it more but i just see it as like a to me, if a good score is a score you don't really notice as much. Like, it's just there throughout the film. And then you notice it for the the moments you need to see it. I think mm. composers have a better track record than directors do. A hundred percent. If Hans Zimmer was a director, my God. Yeah. That's the thing with Hans Zimmer. Like, you see, like, I mean, uh, Wonder Woman's a great film. Like, Well, it's a good film, Wonder Woman, but, like, He's killing that score, like Hans Zimmer. Oh, yeah. Even on the superhero movies, like for like, DC, and like uh, even when you watch him do like a, a Madagascar and stuff, like he's still killing that score. That's um, why I think it's better to be a composer because you know if um, you know if Quentin Tarantino came up with like a kids film, people are like what you're doing, but like Hans Zimmer can just <laughs> go and do that kids film. Yeah, like the only yeah. one I could think of is George Miller, who just doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. I want to do happy feet. I'll do happy feet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like Hans Zimmer the can best, do any film and like. The best ones though, like all the directors that care so much about it. Like I know Nolan's cares so much about the score. Tarantino um, does what, uh, and um, George Lucas as well. Like just micromanaging. Like some of them like have such an impact on the score that but they're not the composers themselves and obviously the main one is what Jamie said there with Halloween John Carpenter. Yeah. Like how how early did um did Nolan have Hans Zimmer? Was it from the first Batman film? Uh yeah um but like the Batman one's good but it the problem is with Hans Zimmer he does reference his own music and use it like more than once. So that like with Pirates he he, he uses pirates theme in Gladiator. Like, oh yeah, it's because it's because he's just he's doing so yeah. many like scores. Mm. He literally can't keep up. He, with he put the wrong piece of paper to the wrong film, and they were like, "Yeah, let's go." Yeah, that'll do. But, yeah, like on it. When I, when, when I was making this, I was looking up the composers, and I was looking up the other work that they do. I was like, "Oh yeah." I can hear that. Like, and you, you can't, you, like, it's a classic with John Williams. Like, everyone yeah. says, oh, also on Zoom. It's just because it's their style. But it's the same with every composer. You can hear them in all Unless their work. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I mean, like, it's like with all musicians. Like, if, uh, like, you can, you can tell who the music musicians are, like, like, album by album. They can't just keep reinventing themselves. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah um, like a Tarantino film, you can tell it's his film because he's got his styles and that. And if he mm. if he deviated from that style, you'd be like, mm, "What's going on here?" Mm. Yeah. So like, you know what I mean? Like when when he's doing like like we're talking like the most iconic films ever, year after year after year, he's gonna sound similar. Mm. Like, it was only so fast. Like you can write a score. Like you think of like musicians, like artists and that. Like they don't just year after year have hit after hit like it takes time doesn't it so yeah. i think people who make scores are probably better than musicians who are actually like pop stars yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> all right mercedes number five 
Uh, number five, this is where it started to get really tricky and these swaps can change quite a lot. Um, my number five is probably one of the ones that gives me the most goosebumps. Um, and it just makes me smile because it's just so uplifting and happy and brilliant. Um, and it's Superman. Um, yeah, I absolutely adore it. And I just can't help dancing around the kitchen. We'll run around the kitchen like like this <laughs> um, whenever I'm playing it. And um, She does have seen it. Yeah. Uh, I just, that film is just, oh, Christopher Reeve, it's just such a beautiful moment in time. Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, and it's just, it's just a brilliant brilliant film and john just absolutely makes it like you can imagine that film without that score like superman like, that is superman no matter how many superman films we have um that is superman's theme like i don't care about anything else so mm -hmm. yeah so good okay top four guys here we go here we go aaron um these four are like the ones that i've listened to by far the most and um uh, this is my Hans Zimmer pick. Um, so um, it was going to, it like the closest to it is Inception, but it's Interstellar. And um, I've watched uh, so much about this score, uh, both Christopher Nolan uh, talking about it and Hans Zimmer talking about it. And um, just briefly, like allegedly, the, Nolan just gave him a, a part of a script and said uh, it was a scene of dialogue between. Um, Keeper and Murph, McConaughey's character. And um, it, it, he didn't say genre or anything. And he, it was just a piece of script. Like, it was just a script. And he said, like, just write it from this. And he came up with, like, most of the score. And he got this guy in called Roger Sayer, who's this organ player at this church in, in um, London. And what they did with that organ sound is just phenomenal. Like, you just need to watch, like, how they recorded like uh, that score it's 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 amazing and the one thing that Hans Zimmer does best is he's a lot like Bowie where he surrounds himself around with the best people he can to work with at the time so he got like Johnny Mars to play guitar on something because he thought like it sounded like his guitar uh, he was thinking like oh this sounds like this sounds like the Smiths what I'm writing I'll call up Johnny Marr he comes in and then writes songs with him uh, that was Inception so um I mean, he just works with like the best people, and even with like Lion King, like getting Lee Bowman for to to write with him for for that, and but all of them, I think, like his best is Interstellar. It is gorgeous, yeah. You've not seen it, have you? I have not seen Interstellar yet. No. So well, get it watched because it's also my number four. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on then. You want to talk about it a bit more? <laughs> It's just I what what can be said about it that hasn't already been said. Uh, said. It's a great film, and it, I just it. I think to me it's the bit you know when he's just spinning in space. That bit yeah. is just like wow. That is just everything about it is just so good. Like I don't even know how to put it into words. <laughs> like how good it is. I'm struggling. <laughs> yeah. Well, my number seven, my number seven, my number four, because it gets seven points, because I've got a number seven next to it, is Avengers Endgame by Alan Silvestri. Again, uh, I've spoke about it before when we were talking about the superhero uh, podcast. 
it's one of the most iconic moments in cinema. I'm not a massive Marvel fan. Like, I don't want to. Mercedes the other day was saying we need to rewatch them all. I'm like, oh, do we have to? <laughs> like, I, I'm not a massive Marvel fan, but you can appreciate that Avengers Endgame and that portal scene is going to go down in cinema as one of the greatest moments in cinema history. Whether you disagree with me or not, Jared, it is. <laughs> Emotional I know, I know. When did I say it was never going to go down in history? You and Kiru were going to go said it was, People forget about that in 10 years' time. You were like, on your right. I was like, no, nah, mate, it's on your left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think that will... Uh, no, the thing is, you were on about, like, it being, like, up there with, like, the boulder scene of Indiana Jones, and it's not up there for me. But it'll always be remembered in the terms of superhero films. It's just such an amazing moment. Like when you just like you just mention it to me, and I'm just I get goosebumps because that moment when that mo for me that moment equates to um, in Harry Potter at the end of Harry Potter when um, Neville pulls the sword out or when. You know, um, so I, don't when, even, I don't even count when Molly like when Molly says. <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, as I was watching it the other day, it was on a few months ago, and I didn't even, I didn't even remember that happening. Never you know was. what? I, I'm going to take bet. back my statement. I don't think it is the most iconic moment, even in the MCU. What is that? I think the most iconic moment is in the first Avengers when they do that circle shot right. around them. That is that's, always going to be remembered. That's playing ball, theme. <laughs> you are? That, that's playing yeah. the Avengers theme, which is in portals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're on about the scene. I'm on about the actual scene here. Yeah, but no, like, no, I mean, you're talking about 10 years of film. I think it's that scene. And then you've got... And then that scene you've got it. You've got Thanos, like, destroying everything, and then all of a sudden, all scenes lost, and on your oh, left, yeah. and then the portals are opening, and everybody has come back. Like, you say you're even talking about it, you're getting goosebumps, and then you just picture the mm. music, and then all of a sudden it's the whole... The hammer comes and it's like boom, he catches it, and it just the music hits. Burn, 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 burn. It's like Avengers assemble, and it's just oh, like God. it's I just have, a moment in cinema. I reckon it is. Yeah, I, it could be the best moment, like with that. It could it's actually be the best moment. Like it definitely is up there. It's definitely. It's one there. of the best moments, if not the best moment I've ever watched in a cinema yeah. live. Mm. Because literally, because I, I, we watched it like the day after it came out in the cinema after the midnight, and everybody mm. was like, oh, shit. Like, literally, <laughs> when that all happened and stuff, it was an incredible moment. What about? And that's why it's one of the biggest things ever. Don't try it. <laughs> Don't try it. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> but anyway, Endgame for me is number four. Interstellar is yours, Jared. So we are on right, to Mercedes. Yeah. Um, man for um, yeah. At one point, it was my favorite ever, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, man for is ET. Um, the extraterrestrial yeah. himself. And the reason I've got it lower is because it's mainly about that one moment, that one moment in the in the piece of music. Um, you know, the flying theme. no, it's a flying theme. Is like, but it's 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 not called the flying theme. It's called Adventures on Earth, and it's 
but it's the mo that moment where it kicks in. But it, but the rest of it is beautiful. Sorry, the rest of it is beautiful, and it just the whole film's amazing. But that bit is just so childhood. Like even you're, if you're an adult, and even if you watch it this time, you just be like, oh my god, yes. And it just inspires things like Stranger Things, which is great, you know. And I just I can't even talk about E.T. in the way that piece of music makes me feel. It's just, it's just, yeah. You will, you will know it. You will know how. It you all know it. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, we are at our top three. Again, I want, I want, I want, I want the humming cool. of these scores. You want the humming of the top three? Yeah, every every top three got. No, I'm doing. I'm doing top, top one. I'll I'll hum. I'll hum the top one. I ain't doing. <laughs> I love the top uh, one. Go on, uh, and Aaron. Number three. Uh, my number three, this this is the one I listen to the most by far. Uh, it's Tron Legacy. Uh, wow, it's, there it is it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, like that synthwave, like people thought, like people thought it was Stranger Things, like Survive doing it. Nah, nah, Daft Punk did it 10 years prior to that. Um, and it was just so perfect. Like, the thing is with the Tron Legacy score, like it's used all the time. It's used in so much. It's probably the score that's used in the most things, I reckon. Uh, because obviously, like you can't use like Star Wars or indie because people all know that. But the Tron thing, uh, it's the um, score. Like you're hearing like so many TV shows, Top Gear, whatever, um, because it's so good um, and it's just Daft Punk at the best. I've got it on vinyl. It's my holy grail. <laughs> It's the most expensive uh, vinyl I own, I reckon. Well, the most I've paid for one, but it's perfect. I'm so happy <laughs> I've got one. Look at all those 75 for your HMV sleeves. I know. <laughs> no, they're cheaper, yeah. a lot cheaper than them ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My number three. Again, this for me is my favourite moment in all of cinema. It's my favourite ending to any movie ever. It's a score done by Charlie Clauser, and it is a horror movie, and it is Saw. Like, the ending to Saw, like Hello Zep, is one of my favourite moments ever, and it's one of those that's been adapted throughout all of the um, the Saw franchise, like, always right at the end when the final reveal comes of, like, the final twist and such, and they go, banana. It's such a great score, and like literally that moment in the first film when it first kicks in, it's just like the holy shit moment. Shit's going down, and it's one of my favorite. The rest of the score is really good throughout it all as well because, again, it with the horror you've got to set the tone and the mood, and it just does it so well. And but like I said, Hello Zep is my most played single tune ever like it's in my most recently it's in my most played uh, on spotify and i absolutely love it it's amazing so charlie clauser hello zek saw considering i'm not a massive fan of the films because i don't really like torture porn i do really like that piece of music and i know exactly what you mean with that that moment and that when it kicks in at that exact moment you know I, shit's about to go down and you know fun. you know aaron you've seen uh spiral from the book of saw when that finally kicks yeah. in towards the end it's like it's just it's what scores are meant to do 
it's that moment in time. Yeah, and he's like I said, he's done all of the films as well. Charlie Klaus, he's done all uh, nine of the films all together, and it's just a great piece of music throughout. And again, it's, it's one of my favorite films ever made. It's mad that um, we're in like we're past the halfway point of the year, and that spirals my film of the year. <laughs> Detective Banks, I want to play a game. Um, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll stay Friday. that way by the end of the year. No, in the Heights. In the Heights, I'll find it, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, we'll see that. that you know, the number one draft pick, the highest rated film so far on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, that film right there, Jared. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, what is your number three? My number three, we've gone for Harry Potter, number Harry one. Harry Potter? <laughs> what was Harry that? Harry Potter? It's Harry Potter. <laughs> what are you doing down here? <laughs> Bloody hell, Harry. <laughs> hell, Harry. <laughs> Nah, this this is like this is this to me is probably the the kid film. You know, you went about um, Phantom Menace was yours. I think Harry Potter to me was like the one where I was like, yes, and it it kind of has out. I, I don't know. It's a little bit childish now, but the music is just unbelievable. Like it doesn't get boring. Even in the seventh film, we're talking like this music's pretty much the same. Just adapted, but it still works. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Mercedes. Five or three. Three. Is. Oh, he's doing Harry Potter. Then. Harry Potter. Like he was doing Jurassic Park. How funny. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, they all sound the same. Yeah. Um. So when you were talking about Jurassic Park, Amy, you were saying like the first moment with that bit of that piece of music is when you see the dinosaurs. It's not. It's the waterfall. It's when the helicopter is landing and that bit kicks in, and you're like, yes. And that is like the bit that makes me think of the score is that that waterfall or that bit of the film I think about when I'm going to score. But then the piece of the bit that's in the dinosaur bit is a completely different part. And that is also absolutely beautiful. And that, that's, that's, that's the subtle bit, yeah. Yeah, that's the subtle. And it's just, oh, my God. That that music, it's just it's just beautiful. You took me to see um, Jurassic Park live with an orchestra mm -hmm. in Glasgow. Oh, that was oh. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was so, so good. It just, yeah, goosebumps always with that with that piece of music here. Again, it was my childhood and um, came out in 1993, the best year ever. I was five, um, so I couldn't go and see it at the cinema. Um, but um, my parents let me watch it when it came out on VHS straight away. I just fell in love with it. And I'm in love, love with Samuel always and Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern. Um, what's he called? Dan Snedry. I can't remember his name. Never mind. But yeah, such an amazing cast, and uh, I'm really excited about the new film for them coming back into it. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we definitely need to do a podcast at some point of the greatest year of film ever. Because <laughs> it's not 1993. Yes, it and Aaron's slowly coming round to no realise it is 2010. Nope. <laughs> no, it is 2010. I was saying that's how we do. 
I was saying this to Emily yesterday when I was watching The Social Network. I said, do you know what else came out in 2010? I was just reeling off the films. It's the greatest year of cinema in history, by far. Genie. Exactly. So, Aaron, number two. Ah, I don't know whether no. this is number one. Nah. Take your time. Nah. I'm going to go for number two. Okay. Uh, right. Number two <laughs> is Good, the Bad and Ugly. And it's because Ecstasy of Gold is probably the best piece of music ever written. And that's all I'll say about that film. <laughs> it is the, if you listen to Ecstasy of Gold, it's not just only the best score. It, I always said it's one of the best pieces of music ever written, and it, it just it, it's just I can't even put into words how good that that song is. Um, but yeah, and, and he knows uh, probably. I think if you asked John Williams and asked Hans, I and all of them. They'd all say yeah. he's the best by far. Um, they can't say themselves, though, can they? It's a bit arrogant. No, nah, I think they'd all... But I honestly think they would say, like, he knows the best. Like, I mean, the guy was making uh, scores in his 90s. Like, he did Hateful Eight, like, when he was in his, like, 90s or something. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if John Williams doesn't do the same. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of, John Williams is my number two. And it's my favourite John Williams score. And I will fight you all to the death of how great it is because it's Hook. Bloody Hook. Is it Hook? <laughs> you go and listen to it after this, Jared. Go I've never even seen the film. Mate, you've never I've, seen the film. Robin I've never seen films. Hook. I, Peter Pan you know scares me. Peter Pan scares me. <laughs> I don't. I, mate. I Getting bad vibes from Peter Pan, like, you know what I mean? That it's that pirate is definitely on a register. <laughs> wow. It, there's just certain people that love Jim Carrey and Robin Williams, but yeah, that's me. Yeah, they, nah, them two can just go in the bin. Yeah, keep Aladdin and Truman Show. The rest yeah, yeah, you're allowed to have good roles. Flubber's not... all right. Flubber's Don't all mean right. every film you've ever done is good. Oh, this is that fire. Listen, yeah, that one it... goes straight in the bin. Oh Hux, my god. Hux, like the... Hook's not even the top three adaptations of Peter Pan. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> what is it? Peter Pan or 2005 was better? Yeah. I no, but it's, 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 it's a different thing. It's, that's the actual Peter Pan story. Hook the is later on a sequel. Hook's just and like... Pan, that's a prequel. Hook's so... just like a, a B-Tech Maleficent. <laughs> oh, my God. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Hook is obviously the story of Peter Pan all grown up and he's left Neverland. <laughs> but The Flight to Neverland is one of my favourite pieces of music ever. Like, mm-hmm. The Flight to Neverland is amazing. And it's, Mercedes was saying earlier as well, it's your childhood. Like, it's one of those films. This one and my number one were the films that I watched the most growing up. And that piece yeah. of music, like I say, it just takes you back to yeah. being a kid and you just picture... Neverland and him arriving in Neverland and all the the colours and the beautifulness of it all, and like that that's probably like the music that hits me the most, like Hook, like more than any John Williams one. Like that's the moment for me where it's just like 
this piece of music like gives me feels more than anything else to be fair oh. i really wanted to go see it um at um, the cinema because it was in, i don't know if it's in the cinema now or it's because it was, it's because um, yeah. it was released in 1991 it's obviously celebrating its 30th year yeah, I was I was going to go see it because I've not seen it. Like, I, I think I saw it when I was a kid and I didn't really like it because I was probably too young. But, uh, I said it's, but, it's, I, but I'm not a massive Spielberg. fan of Robin Williams, though. It's Steven Spielberg directed, Dustin Hoffman as Hook, Robin Williams as Peter Pan, Julia Roberts, Bob Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts <laughs> as Tinkerbell, <laughs> and then Bob Hoskins as me. And I said, John Williams does the soundtrack. It's a perfect. It's just pure imagination. It's just I remember just thinking, like, <laughs> Robin Williams, Williams is just like, I don't know, like, I feel like he was just in every film back, like, in, in like yeah. three years span. I like how you said, like, all of this well, but then you forget, like, Goodwill Hunting or Dead yeah. Poet Society as well. Yeah, he's good in yeah, that. He's allowed to do good films. Like, Jim Carrey's best role. He's not allowed to do kids' films. He's not allowed to do family films. No, but like, Jim, Jim Carrey's best role is the one where he's in uh, Eternal Sunshine, isn't it? No, it's Man on the Moon. But yeah, right. I've not seen that one actually. I can't. Sorry. And he got nominated for the Golden Globe for that one. Did you see Martin Freeman come out about him in that film like last week? You just saying like, imagine like being around someone like that, like what a jackass. That's <laughs> like, <who is> <laughs> well, a Man on the Moon is probably one of his most iconic films because he went on to obviously do like documentary Jim and Andy as well. Nandy and Kaufman is one of the greatest comedians ever as well. But anyway, Hook is my. Yeah, and then he does Sonic. He was alright in Sonic. Sonic was great. Mm. Anyway, Jared, what is your number two so we can shit all over that? Well, you can't shit off my number two because they're the two greatest films ever made. <laughs> what, Babe? Babe, the musical. <laughs> uh, no, no. My number two is uh, Indiana Jones. Nice. Just a boulder, isn't it? Just like yeah. mic drop. You don't even have to say anything with that one. That's just like... You know what I mean? If you don't have it on your list, you're wrong. Which is a fact. You know what my favourite piece of music in Indiana Jones is? Yeah. It's the one where it's like... The one bit where they're walking yes. in the, the market bit. Yes. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I just love that. Like, You know what I mean? Just the all It's all 80s films, isn't it, really? It's just every 80s film just has the same kind of sort of score and they just all work. Yeah. yeah. What I like about Jones is that, like... You have in, in like Raiders, you've got Marion's theme, and then in Superman, yeah. you've got Lux's theme, and it's like that nice little softer like, part. How, of it. how do you make like sorry, you carry on? No, no, that's it. That's it. That's I was just saying, how do you make like being chased by Nazis jolly? That's all I'm saying. Stead good in it as well, isn't it? Oh, it's just yeah, that's that's just one of the films. Yeah, so it's really good. But Mercedes, what's your number two? What's missed out on top spot? My number two is actually Star Wars. Which one? Because you're making me pick, it's going to have to be Empire then, isn't it? Last Jedi. Um, (laughs) Yeah, sorry. But yeah, um, because it's something that makes me feel... Um, I want to feel again. Yeah, um, yeah. I look. I, I, Star Wars means so much to me. It's like my most like 
the most iconic like franchise of film. I, most, most iconic films. Like I grew up with it, obviously, as I said before, in other podcasts. Um, grew up watching it with my dad, and it means a lot to me. It's my favorite, one of my favorite things in the whole world. Um, so yeah, the score is amazing. I absolutely adore it. Focusing on this score and not what's going to be number one, it is, it is amazing. And, you know, I'm sure Aaron will talk about it even more and more and more and more. Is he? Um, because what is your number one, Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> um, my number one film is um, Empire as well, isn't it? Obviously. I told you. Fuck it. That's um, why I know. I said to Mercedes, like, it's Empire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad, that, I'm glad you preached there and you, you talk about it more. <laughs> like, it just is, isn't it? Like, it just is, like, yeah. the best score. Like, it, it, I mean, start, you probably saw the first one is, like, iconic. Yeah. Uh, but the second one has, like, the best overall music. My yeah. personal favourite song from Star Wars is uh, the leak fighting Vader scene in uh, Return of the Jedi. I think that's the, the best piece, uh, but overall it's just unreal like every song is like so iconic and um i mean well, the best thing about more. the sequels are, is the music that they yeah. use from these originals and um, i'm babby freak but um yeah um <laughs> you can't get more just... iconic than the opening moments like you said before you know that just the you know that is like yeah I just think it, it, it is it is the score. It, it just is like... Well, I, I said this about the film, though. Like, it is the best film. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I, like it, it's just amazing, isn't it? It's just Star Wars. I would also like to take a moment to mention Jewel of the Fates as well, because it is, like... <laughs> like I, I, I like how you say Empire oh, Strikes Back actually, is the best the face the best piece of music. It's just, it's just like Erin said before. It's just, I just, I get Alexa to play that all the time. I just like, I'm just like, I need to hear it, and I just put it on. I'm just like, yes, and it's I, just. I, I've read the, the, well, I've read part of uh, the Leap Jewel yeah. Fate script. I always thought like that would have been the best movie, but who knows. Um. But yeah, I just want to quickly say I, I did. I just forgot before I did have honourable mentions that I wanted to put in before my number one, as um, Cowboy Bebop, the series, Watchmen, the series, and uh, Twin Peaks because you just can't not have them mentioned. But they are the TV shows. Yeah, and there's a TV show one that. I really love, and then I realise it's more known for TV than even though there has been films, and that's the Star Trek theme, the actual Star yeah. Trek theme. I think I absolutely adore mm. that. And when that comes on on my score disc and I'm in the car, I, I pump it up while they're in a down. I'm like, yes, people, listen to this. It's fucking amazing. Sorry for swearing, but it is. Um, and I would have had that on there, but it's mainly, obviously, TV. So. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this is just movie as well, but I do have one as well that's not TV. Uh, but I do listen to all the time in that's Gustavo and it's The Last of Us. Like, the Last of Us score is yeah, it's perfect. Good. It's so good. Like the score throughout the whole The Last of Us game. It's just incredible. But my number one is no surprise. It's Alan Silvestri, it's Back to the Future. It's my favourite film of all time. The sound that the soundtrack, like you said, is, yeah. is incredible. The score for me is incredible. It's just an amazing film throughout and the music with that film as well is just incredible like with the DeLorean, even like little bits of it, like at the end, 
and there's like little bits just throughout the film like the like with the whole little like bits where the where doc just going crazy and stuff it's just an incredible score throughout and it's an incredible soundtrack throughout as well but the, sh- the thing is jamie what you're forgetting is that we do have a rule on this podcast where you can't pick a previous winner what are you on about it won the soundtracks no it didn't yeah it did Soundtracks was won by Top Gun. I'm sure. Oh, was it? I thought it was Back to the Future. No, it's Top Gun. What, what was, was it second then, or what? Must have been I Top Gun. You might have got the most votes. No, um, Top Gun didn't even get the most votes. Something that I hadn't seen got the most votes. Whiplash. Whiplash got the most votes. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, baby. But then you decided. How, how is Whiplash right. not star? So, yeah, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Top Gun. It was Top Gun. It's been so we long. Chose Top Gun, yeah. Yeah. But no, what you're saying about Back to the Future with those little, like those moments, like it's it's just it's genius because it's not just like a piece of music in the background, but it's helping to tell the story. It's like helping to you know create tension and things like that. And it's just yeah, to make it's like sound effects, but it's the, it's the music. It's not actually sound effects. I said Alan Silvestri's had a weird career from Back to the Future going to like. I know you were talking about it a few weeks ago. Um, where you got Alan Silvestri doing all these films and he did like Forrest Gump and then he mm. came in and saved the MCU with Avengers. Yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah, uh, for me, Back to the Future is my favourite film of all time, so it had to. And if you don't let me have it as number one, then I'll put Hook at number one. So you... Hook <laughs> <laughs> it on there. Hook <laughs> it on. Jared, what is your number one? My number one, <clears throat> well, you've all given it Star Wars. I haven't. I get back to the future. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you all gave it to Star Wars um, Empire. Empire Strikes. Is that what you've given it to all, Empire? Uh, Aaron gave, gave it number one. Mercedes gave it to number two. Yeah. Well, Aaron I've given it to uh, A New Hope. A New Hope. I really like New Hope. But Imperial March is an empire. Yeah, but um, a new hope is just like you know, the sand dunes. A new yeah, a new hope has got Luke's theme though, like which is the sand bit. Uh, oh, that's yeah. I think uh, it's, it's hard because make me choose like it should just be Star Wars. It's, yeah, but that's what I mean. Star Wars is almost in the same category as Harry Potter here. It's like there's not just one film that it's good. They're all good with their own soundtracks, but. I'm gonna. I would go for four for me. Because that yeah, was like one composer, and that's it. And then decided to put two Star Wars films in his list. Anyway. Yeah, no, <laughs> I said I broke the rule because I would have had Indiana Jones in there, but because I only wanted one per composer. But I thought with John Williams, I could not. I can't miss. I can't miss uh, Duel of Fates. Like when we talk about school uh, scores, you, I can't miss. Duel of Fates, like it's just so good. Um, so, but yeah, but Star Wars as a whole. I mean, yeah, A New Hope is is it's probably the most iconic. But I think, uh, like the film itself, itself, um, it just took it to another level. Um, um, well, that's just your opinion. No, Jared, I'm joining you. You're right, Luke's theme. You're yeah. right, Tatooine. A New Hope is the original. Yoda's You've got a toy for Mercedes now. now. If you're going to come to the Empire, if you're going to come to a new <laughs> Yoda's theme. Join the Empire. 
which is the theme of the force. I know. I don't know. <laughs> It's, you, know, it's you, Jamie. Like, why? You have to pick one. Those are completely different. Like you said, oh, that's why no, the two different not. ones. No. Aaron's the thing got is, Empire. Jared's got New Hope. They're completely different. I was gonna. I, I swear on my life, I was gonna say Return of the Jedi until the last minute, and I was like, Nah, it, it, Empire's the one with the most. But Return of the Jedi is my personal favorite, so I'd, I'll go Return of the Jedi then. <laughs> Just the special edition version, though, just so we can have uh, that. Um... Hayden Christensen's force. No, nah, no, nah, you you, you <laughs> stick with you stick with it. No, Mercedes has to be first. For Mercedes is picking the winner here. <laughs> which one? Which one has got the uh, Catalina band? First one. <laughs> there you go, that wins it. Star Wars The New Hope. Yeah, Because yeah. of the Cantina band. Cantina. Yeah, Thank you very much. Just so you know, like, I'm not arguing against The New Hope. The New Hope is like... We've still got Mercedes number one now. Go on. I don't, I don't even care. I'll say New Hope is number one. <laughs> this isn't going to make any difference anything. This is just me personally wanting to shed light on this because it's amazing. And... So my number one is now, unfortunately, most known for something else because Disney stole it and decided to use it at the beginning of all of their DVDs now, leading up to before the film, where you've got all these trailers and adverts and stuff at the beginning of the Disney DVD. You've got the big Disney advert where it shows all the, all the different films and they all come together and form the castle. And they stole the theme from Prince of Thieves, which... <laughs> which nothing makes me like get more feels than that theme and takes me on such a journey and makes me so like passionate and punch in the air and so well, the Kevin Costner film yeah the Kevin Costner film that piece of music is just absolutely beautiful and that is Michael Kamen he also did Die Hard, Three Musketeers, Jack, 101 Dalmatians and X-Men um but I just, I absolutely adore it. And, and I, I always, always loved it. My mum and dad had this soundtrack on CD back in the 90s. And I was a kid and I used to listen to it all the time. And, um, and then one day I bought a Disney DVD and they just like, obviously decided Which to... Which bit? What bit do you mean in the Disney thing? Because I, 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 I'm thinking about that when you wish upon a star, the Disney's castle bit. No, well, that, that, that's, they don't do that anymore. They, they use the Prince of Thieves theme. It's like... That's what, it. with the castle? Yeah, 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 yeah. They've been doing it for years now, since I was at, like at uni. I still think it's When You Wish Upon a Star. Yeah, no, I, still, I think it is. I watched Raya today and it was When You Wish, wish Upon a Star. Go back and watch like the Disney DVDs from like the past 10 years and I'm telling you... Um, but yeah, anyway, it's an amazing piece of music and it's a great film. Like, oh my God, it's one of Alan Rickman's best ever roles. He's amazing as the Sheriff of Nottingham. And obviously samples, um, everything I do by Brian Adams is in there. Um, and, um, yeah, it just, I absolutely adore it. It's just a gorgeous piece of music. So yeah, Jared's not happy about it. He's gone. <laughs> so, but yeah, go and listen to it. Um, and I'm telling you, it's been stolen by Disney. <laughs> Been stolen by Disney. Yeah, but at least more people are hearing it. So. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just getting the scores now from the scores. See what I did there? Uh -huh. Nice. 
Um, so we have got the top five. Our top five are here in fifth place yes. with 13 points is Jurassic Park. Woo! Tied in third oh, with 14 points is Hook and Interstellar. In second place with 17 points is Back to the Future. And at the top is Star Wars A New Hope. Woo! As Mercedes changed her number two. Whatever Mercedes decided to go for number two was going to win. Unless you went for Raider, unless you went for um, Phantom Menace, then there you go. Then but you decided not to. Yeah. So Star Wars a New Hope, 19 points. Back to the Future, 17. Hook, Interstellar, 14. Jurassic Park, 13. Hello. How do you Hook feel about that? Interstellar above Jurassic Park is absolutely ridiculous. Hook's but, better than Jurassic Park. No, it's really not. But okay, <laughs> whatever. Aaron, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that um, a film about fake plastic dinosaurs didn't win, but um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> 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 but fake plastic lightsabers are fine. Yes, of course they are. <laughs> That's right. So the greatest movie score ever goes to Star Wars A New Hope. Um, that is it for this episode. Join us next time where we'll be discussing the greatest cult movies oh. ever. Oh. So... Thank you very much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Great.